0: honored to be joined by Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the most outspoken, effective individuals for medical freedom and truth. And he came to Austin specifically this Saturday to break huge major developments on multiple fronts. But it's it's clear the official COVID narrative has collapsed. The rats are leaving the sinking ship. They're admitting the shots don't work and have serious side effects. There is so much to discuss. And now we know more about who's censoring and and, and why, and it ties into Hunter Biden's laptop, the FBI admitting that they were involved censoring it. Well, we now know it's the same thing censoring doctors like Malone and McCullough and so many others. And he joins us here in studio, commercial-free, on this emergency Saturday broadcast to lay out these huge developments. Doctor, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm going to try to give you the floor to start wherever you'd like and go through this consecutively. We're going to get into the propaganda, the censorship, the wheels coming off, what's coming next, and so much more. Well, August was a busy month for news. There's no doubt about it.
1: Uh, Rochelle Walensky, our CDC director, came out and said the CDC made large mistakes and they needed to own these mistakes. I was called on the news. I was on Fox multiple stations. They said, well, what mistakes did they make? And it was clear that the advice from the CDC was erratic. It was inconsistent, but yet it was dictatorial. And we know this because uh, when we got to the point of uh, wearing masks on airplanes, it took a federal judge in Florida to basically rule that the CDC can't tell Americans to wear masks on airplanes and have that have any traction. Uh, My opinion is that the CDC should have never given any advice or guidance on contagion control. Contagion control is in the realm of doctors and others who look after patients. There was, there was no evidence to support public masking or hand sanitizers or social distancing, none of it. And the CDC never should have given guidance advice on emergency use authorized vaccines. The CDC establishes the general childhood vaccine schedule but they were way out of their league and both of these uh, endeavors And boy, what a disaster it was for America. Within uh, just a few days of all of this, the CDC came out with its new guidance, basically catching up to what our current understanding was. Recently on a podcast, one of the podcasters went over one of my standard lectures called The Five COVID Truths and lined up the most recent CDC guidance to this, which was astonishing. Uh, Basically, the five COVID truths is that Uh, You you know, fundamentally with respect to testing and nasal carriage of the virus, there is no difference between a fully vaccinated and an unvaccinated individual. They're indistinguishable from one another. They carry the virus uh, at the same viral loads. They're equally as contagious. They get the uh, infection with kind of an equal proclivity. Uh, and, And so we have a situation now where there is absolutely no scientific support for any form of mandate on someone taking a vaccine or a booster.
0: I I see these headlines out of the British Medical Journal and others that are just shocking now. Headlines like nine out of 10 people that die with COVID are double or triple vaxxed. And and, and we see, as you mentioned, the CDC head saying, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. Or uh, we see uh, Burke saying, oh, we knew it wasn't going to work. And then we see all these other statements. It looks like they're trying to get ahead of more data they know is coming out. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Two papers in 2021,
1: one by lead author Wheatley, uh, had in the title immune imprinting. What this means is that the vaccines were given every six months, exposing the body to the same exact obsolete antigen, the Wuhan spike protein. This turned out to be an immunologic disaster. What happened was the body's immune system was trained in on a high exposure of this antigen in uh, critical organs and tissues, and it was misdirected. So when the infection actually happened, when the frail and vulnerable, there were higher rates of hospitalization and death in the fully vaccinated. Now in Ontario, uh, they have data. You know, nine out of ten people uh, who are dying of COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. There were basically three false claims of the vaccine program. The first false claim was the vaccine stopped the infection if you took the vaccine you couldn't get it that quickly eroded thousands of breakthrough cases reported through 2021 the cdc gave up on this in may of 2021 where they basically said we're not going to follow breakthroughs there's too many of them the second false claim was that the vaccines uh, uh basically blocked transmission and our walensky had to come out in the summer 21 21 and say listen they don't stop transmission. People trans fully vaccinated, give it to one another. It was happening during weddings, cruise boats, naval ships. And then the last false claim was this, Alex. The false claim was, well, if you take the vaccine, there's a consolation prize and that you uh, will have a milder case or you won't be hospitalized or die. And, and there was even ridiculous memes on the Internet. One of them was a guy who gets COVID and he dies. And he said, thank goodness I had a vaccine. It could have been better.
0: <laughs> it could have been worse.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it could have been worse. Right. So the idea is that the vaccines never reduced hospitalization and death. There never was a prospective randomized trial with hospitalization and death as a primary endpoint where that was reduced by the vaccines. Uh, The only two interventions that reduce hospitalization and death are having the illness beforehand, uh, natural immunity, and then early treatment. So there was a series of fraudulent studies that didn't account for natural immunity and early treatment, claiming that the vaccinated had lower rates of hospitalization and death. I can tell you in my practice, if I have somebody who's fully vaccinated, they are the most fearful of COVID-19. They're the first ones to get early treatment, the first ones. And so without accounting for those variables, we had a whole series of fraudulent papers claiming that the fully vaccinated had lower rates of hospitalization and death. And then as you pointed out, the data poured in from Canada, the UK, Israel, Europe, south uh, south africa and australia clearly showing when they account for who's been fully vaccinated that indeed the fully vaccinated are doing far worse with COVID 19
0: than those who are unvaccinated wow so you talk about obviously we'll talk about this later they admit it's a psyop i have them admitting it's a psyop but what's this, what is it a psyop for and how do you think pfizer and moderna and the system is going to extricate itself from this. Now that we see the reports that there's almost universal rejection now of the previous shots, and now this new so-called booster they're rolling out with no human trials, how, how would you, in layman terms, when you're on Fox for you know three-minute hit, how would you quantify this for people that aren't uh, you know a, a research you know doctor and medical doctor like yourself of of really how big this is? Because we're sitting back with them admitting you're nine times or 90% of those dying, or triple vaxxed, or whatever, all all over the Western world. I mean, that is just sensational and horrifying. So, so, I mean, how would you describe this medical disaster? This is such a complex
1: reality. It's mind-boggling. You know, through August, the other bombshell was that uh, National Allergy, Immunology, Infectious Disease Branch Director, a Division Director, Anthony Fauci, who uh, ascended to much higher levels of power than his NIH position ever uh, granted him uh, announced his retirement or he's stepping down. Alex, I looked at his um, I looked at his announcement on the NIH website. I was astonished to find in his uh, kind of self-congratulatory uh, departure notice no mention of COVID-19, no mention of COVID-19. His signature program. There's no mention of it. I I said this when I went on with Sebastian Gorka this week. Gorka nearly fell out of his chair. He goes, what? This guy, this was his Super Bowl of his career. There's no mention of it. And now we have uh, the COVID-19 bivalent boosters coming in. uh, And these really deserve uh, explanation. This week, uh, the uh, U.S. FDA, with no human data, relying only on the manufacturer's giving animal data or wrote, uh, um, uh, uh, rodent data showing an antibody rise uh, in a, 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 a mouse model of antibodies against a common uh, segment of the BA4, BA5 spike protein, the FDA inexplicably approved this. Do you know the um, investigational new drug application for Pfizer was just filed on August 22nd? I mean they had So there's no review, they're just greenlighting everything. Well, well this is unprecedented that uh they had plenty of time to do large randomized trials. We've been in the midst of this BA four, BA five secondary wave for months now. They had plenty of time to do randomized trials. They have tons of money but they don't want the trials because they know the previous shots are killing people. Well well here well here's the thing. The the very first sets of trials now have been been critically analyzed by Peter Doshi at the University of Maryland and Joseph Freeman down in Louisiana at LSU. And their conclusion in a peer-reviewed paper is even from the original trials, when we actually get all the safety data and the efficacy data, the vaccines did more harm than good in the original randomized trials. Then it plays out into the public space. We know under court order, Pfizer had to release its dossier the judge, the lawyer for the FDA, tried to block this to Americans for 55 years. What was in that dossier is that Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of release of their vaccine. Wow. Unprecedented. This is prima facie evidence that the FDA is involved in a safety cover-up for Pfizer. Recently, the Moderna documents... And prima facie, for those who don't know, means on its face. That's on its face when the FDA says we want to block this information... Families were calling Pfizer saying, my loved one just died with your vaccine. Pfizer was dutifully recording all these deaths. They had hired hundreds of employees to man the phones as these deaths poured in. It's astonishing that Pfizer didn't shut it down after a handful of
0: deaths or at least 50 deaths. I've chaired days. I mean, they clearly knew. So, so let me just, as a layperson, let me ask you this. Why do they know it's killing people and not working? Are they doubling down with this super booster? Is this all just a test to see what they can get away with? This is crazy. This is clearly a test to see what they
1: can get away with. If the FDA is going to shield them from any public outrage, and it's interesting, Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, is going on the liberal media and you know advising Americans to take more of the conventional boosters and now the bivalent boosters. No one's ever asked him a question. You have 1,223 deaths within 90 days on your books. What are you doing about that? It should have been shut down. And then they try to suppress it,
0: showing the premeditated nature of it.
1: Well, it's, it's true. And I can tell you, their breakthrough uh, was the World Council for Health, which has put out a whole variety of cautionary warnings over the last two years. They came out on June 11th, Alex, and they said uh, after a pharmacovigilance report, they looked at VAERS. They looked at the yellow card system in the U.K., the Udra system in the EU, and the WHO Vig- Vigisafe. There's over 40,000 certified deaths that's happened within a few days of taking these shots. Millions of serious safety reports. World Council for Health says, pull them off the market. They're unsafe for human use. This is very important. This is a worldwide body. They represent 70 individual organizations across the world. World Council for Health- The prestigious
0: respected group says pull it.
1: Pull it. And they put out a series of cautionary warnings saying, listen, if you can't get in safety together, get them off the market. Here's the important point, is that as Pfizer and Moderna and the other vaccine suppliers march this on, what's going to happen is going to be a giant finger-pointing exercise in the end. Pfizer's going to say, listen, the FDA never told us to pull it. The FDA and the CDC are running the vaccine program. FDA and CDC are going to say, listen, it's Pfizer's product.
0: They had the response. They set it up from the beginning where nobody can take the blame. Right.
1: More evidence of meditation." There's no doubt about it. Uh, The bivalent boosters now, this is very important. So they uh, have fundamentally, the vaccine sponsors, the CDC and the FDA, are saying no more legacy boosters. So remember, Pfizer was 30 micrograms initially, second shot, 30 micrograms, and then every six months, 30 micrograms. There was no change. Moderna was 100 mics, 100 mics, 100 mics. Now of interest... The Pfizer booster is 30 micrograms. It's 15 of the original, which is obsolete, and then 15 micrograms of the BA4, BA5 new uh, genetic code. Moderna of interest um, is the booster is not 100 micrograms like it used to be. It's a 50 microgram booster, 25 mics of original, and 25 mics of Omicron. Here's my read on this is they are going to get less of the super toxic original Wuhan spike protein with these boosters. Less. So they're cutting the power. Okay. But in the BA4, BA5, we don't know anything about human experience since the human studies weren't done. But I would infer as a doctor, it is going to be a less toxic spike exposure since the sure. Omicron is a milder virus. So I think the boosters are going to, in a sense, take an edge off some of the, the safety tension, but the, so
0: much of the damage has already been done. Exactly. Now they're putting out a weaker vaccine because I'm on a sinus like you, but what I'm saying wasn't the Moderna three times stronger than the Pfizer? Yes. And and, and and now we have Moderna suing Pfizer, saying basically it's a copy of their shot, just weaker.
1: Now, that's an interesting development. Moderna suing Pfizer. Recall that Stéphane Bainzel, the billionaire CEO for Moderna, previously was the CEO for BioMirieux. And BioMirieux is the French conglomerate co- um, company that Jacques Chirac negotiated with the Chinese to build the biosecurity annex in Wuhan, China. Stefan Bainzel orchestrated the construction of the biosecurity lab in Wuhan, China. And then in 2015, he changes from BioMiru and joins a one-person company in Cambridge, Massachusetts, Moderna. Stefan Bainzel joins Moderna. So you see long-term planning for this virus that just accidentally shows up. Well, you know, listen to this. So <laughs> Bainzel then joins Moderna, he starts working with the U.S. National Institutes of Health on the Moderna patent for the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. So within a few days of announcing it's an emergency under former President Trump, Moderna announces we have a vaccine. You don't come up with a vaccine in a few days. This vaccine was in the works for years. And in Peter Bregan's book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, it's a very, very important book. It has over 1,100 citations. In the back is a timeline, Alex, and the timeline has 36 pandemic planning preparedness events that Bregan uh, chronicles starting from 2012. 25 of these have written documents generated, and six of them were filmed. So Bregan outlines the timeline in our book, COVID-19 and the and, um, uh, uh, Courage to Face COVID-19 that I wrote with John League. We actually highlight... These developments as well, and put it in the context of a story. I recently went on with Steve Bannon on the war room, and Bannon said, Thank goodness that you guys wrote these books and have these citations in the timeline as evidence. And the reason why this is so important Bannon is, is going to predict that what looks like a US government operation, Alex, they're going to basically wipe the electronics completely. They are going to basically whitewash this, they are going to rewrite history that the only way we're gonna actually be able to record what happened is in these books, because the electronics, Twitter, Facebook, all the electronic media- Oh, they're going back and scrubbing everything. It's gonna be scrubbed. So the books books and the independent media and the documentaries are gonna save us. Otherwise, we're not gonna have a historical record.
0: And and, and, and what you're saying is, is, I think the most important part of this interview, which all of it's bombshell, all of it's admitted, you're totally vindicated, we're vindicated, and it's not about tooting our horn, but it's about we were faithful, we were right, we stuck our necks out, we were correct. We need to speak to that so people understand the good guys are being censored, we're still being attacked, he's being sued, I'm being sued, which is fine because we're we're you know we're in the arena here. But 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 let's speak to the vindication how big this is. And then if you I know you've got a lot of points about the virus and what's coming next, and mm-hmm. I want you to be able to lead this, doctor. You're doing a great job. But then you mentioned to me. Hey, this is a psyop. Now we know the group suppressing you is connected to the Pentagon and the FBI and others. And I'm like, well, yeah. Here's here's the Canadian news. You know, here's here's the BBC admitting that the military, not our average military, but the people running it, are involved in psyops and, and quote brainwashing and mind control. Is the London Telegraph headline. I want to get guys, if we can to create fear and cause the lockdowns and terrorize people into the mass psychosis formation or mass formation to go along with this, because that's what this is. And they're they're obviously preparing something new. So we've got to get ahead of this. Just, just as Governor DeSantis said last week on Fox, he said, we got to break these things back. We've got to have a reckoning We've gotta expose people who did this or they're gonna do it again. So it's so good to see that DeSantis really gets it. I wish Trump would go all the way as well. There it is. Use of fear to control behavior in COVID crisis with totalitarian admit scientists. They used military grade PSYOPs run by the British Ministry of Defense to terrorize Britons and others in the UK into submission. Same headlines out of the US, same headlines uh, out of uh, Canada. So when we say this is a PSYOP, they admit it is.
1: It's true and my co-author John Leake, a true crime author, uh, also believes it's a psyop, and you know you had Matthias Desmond on the show uh, yesterday. Psychology of totalitarianism. Yeah, psychology of totalitarianism. I've read the book cover to cover. Uh, he's a brilliant uh, psychologist. This is his line of work. This type of groupthink fell into these mass religious suicides. Nazi Germany. Uh, you know how Nazism spread across. Uh, I mean, this Japan, is a cult. Africa. Yes, it's a way of thinking. Peter Bregan, who you've had on the show, he's a psychiatrist. And I want him back on, by the way. He's amazing. So the, the the positioning of both of these great minds is that Matthias Desmond has taken the part of this. How does this organically happen? How does this happen uh, on the human mind? And what Bregan outlines and what John Leak in my book outlines is this is intentional. So it's intentional use of psychological operations to create this psychophenomenon that's actually happened in people's minds that Desmond has pointed out. Let me show you on my screen how the science relates here. Uh, uh, there are papers. Now this is in the peer-reviewed literature. 2015. First author is Venet Menacheri. Senior author is Ralph Baric. I'm gonna have them highlighted here. You can see here American names and there's one Chinese name in this whole uh, list of authors and uh, it is um, uh, Dr. Um, uh, in the next paper, I'll show it to you, Dr.
0: Shengling Li. But what, so, so uh, as much as we uh, hate the CHICOMs, this when they, when they say this is an American made virus. But look at the, here, here are the universe,
1: here's University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. There's an institute in, in Switzerland and Harvard. The title of the paper SARS like Wuhan Institute of Virology One, poised for human emergence published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And this the, was
0: a controversy in 2015. It's not like this is a th- secret.
1: This is not a secret. And in the paper, it says right here, in the significance, together, the study indicates an ongoing threat poised by the Wuhan Institute of Virology-1-related viruses
0: and the need for continued study and surveillance. So they're saying, the viruses we've made at this lab endanger the world in a high-level paper. Yes, and I a mean, level- Wow! In 2015... <laughs> In 20, you know, we don't we don't need to depose people in front of
1: um, uh, the Senate. You just read the papers. This one in Nature and Medicine. Well, that's why it's so crazy when Fauci says, "I don't even know what the end function is." I mean, right. And these this work is funded by the National Institutes of Health. It indicates that the National Institutes of Health has approved this. Again, Venet Manachiri is
0: working for Ralph Barrick. Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Yeah, I interrupted you. So start over. This is the I think this is so huge. This is the smoking gun exactly and these
1: papers have been out here since 2015 in the best journal start
0: over from the beginning of, from, go back to two minutes because i interrupted just
1: the university of north carolina chapel hill and ralph Barrick is the senior author his first paper on coronaviruses was in 1997. this is his life of work he's been the quietest person in the last two years his uh a co co-author Venet minicherry in two papers leads the team the team is university of north carolina chapel hill uh, Harvard, an institute in Switzerland, and the Wuhan Institute of, of Virology. And Zhang Li Shi is the bat lady. Okay. Notice that these are all American authors, one or two Chinese authors. This is an American project. They need the Chinese lab to do it because they have the technology and they have the bats. But this is done here. Look at the title of the paper. A SARS-like cluster of circulating bat coronaviruses shows potential for human emergence. What did they do in these papers? They actually made a humanized respiratory epithelium in a rodent, and they kept tweaking the spike protein in order to get it to invade a human respiratory uh, epithelium. They're weaponizing. It was weaponizing. Now, at the same time, they're working on an answer. They were working on a killed vaccine and they were working on monoclonal antibodies. So they can be the savior. Well, it's, well listen, it's, <laughs> well, Alex, we have uh, biological operations. Through the NIH, it's BARDA is the unit. And through the military, it's DARPA. They work on a threat and they work on an answer. We've had a smallpox monkeypox program. This, after SARS, there obviously was a SARS program.
0: There's been an anthrax program. And that's the thing. Gates can't shut his mouth. A year before, he starts ordering the monkeypox vaccine. He says it's coming, and then right on time, it rolls out. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's true. Now, look at in this abstract. Look at one of the conclusions. Um, Both monoclonal
1: antibody and vaccine approaches failed to neutralize and protect from infection of the coronaviruses using the novel spike protein. So they had already juiced a spike protein that they knew a vaccine, at least a killed vaccine, wasn't going to cover. That ultimately became the Sinopharm Coronavac vaccine. And at least the first version of monoclonal antibodies didn't take it. It's right here in the abstract in Nature Medicine in 2015. I can tell you, this is prima facie evidence that it's a U.S. government academic program that's gone bad, and boy, have Americans... with You know, 10 million Americans were hospitalized with this. A million people have lost their lives in our country from a U.S. operation. I mean,
0: I, I lost friends, and i almost killed some of my family. I'm pissed. I mean, we are literally victims of a bioweapon
1: attack. And, you know, there are now three papers, one by Farkas and colleagues published in Military Medicine, and two by Yen that have concluded it's a bioweapon.
0: This isn't, this isn't a controversy. This is concluded in the academic- And again, we're not bioweapon. like liberals that want to be professional victims, but I lost friends. My family almost died. This stuff scared me. I barely stopped my wife from going to the hospital because she couldn't breathe. They put on her ventilator, and, and we took the steroids, and she got out of it, and the ivermectin. We've been attacked, folks. We need to take it personal and bring these people to justice, or they're going to do it again. But we, uh, everyone in the world is, as particularly the West, is a victim of a, I believe, premeditated release of a bioweapon attack, and then phase two, the poison shot to erase our immune system. And I think we should all, literally, start a whole organization of victims of the of the uh, of, of this bio attack because this is a big deal. Well, let's get into phase two. Remember, there's been two
1: waves of injury. First was SARS CoV-1, largely the wild type alpha and delta outbreaks. The Omicron outbreak was a very, very low hospitalization and death rates. In fact, Omicron, which one can get, uh, is uh, indistinguishable from the common cold. Uh, but people did lose their lives with these first uh, multiple outbreaks. Now the vaccine program has been cooking along. And uh, and I can tell you that the vaccine itself has created a wave of uh, a de- a- a destruction in our country uh, injuries, disabilities, and deaths. One of the breakthrough observations has come by Sasha Latipova. Show my screen. And in this um, uh, report from Trial Site News, which is a valid, late-breaking science uh, website, actually supported by Pharma and a lot of other sponsors, the title of the paper is Hot Lots of COVID-19 Vaccines, Evidence of Different Formulations. And these are statistical analyses of Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and uh, also compared against the flu. Interestingly, uh, Alex, when there is a complication from a flu shot, it's randomly distributed across all the manufacturing lots. But with the COVID-19 vaccines, the complications are restricted to certain lots, certain lots. Now, recently on Steve Kirsch's substack, Steve has got the European medicine uh, agency um, release from the vaccine manufacturers showing market degradation of messenger RNA in these products. So remember how they had to be super-cooled and, and in the randomized trials they used single-use files? And then suddenly they didn't anymore. Right. So it wasn't super-cooled anymore. They were using multi-use files. The leading thinking, believe it or not, is the majority of people who get the shots and are fine, they're actually getting degraded messenger RNA. They're actually not getting much of
0: a genetic insight. So think, they would have been a lot worse if they hadn't...
1: Right. So, so the lots wow. that are causing damage in the lipid. You don't want analysis, a fresh shot. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Believe it or not, if you actually get the messenger RNA as designed and the spike protein production as designed, it can be, and in many cases, it's lethal. So it's actually sloppy manufacturing and product handling that's saving Americans. You know, a recent Zogby survey, Zogby is is a very good survey operation in the United States. Zogby surveyed a large number of Americans and asked them, what'd you do? Two-thirds of people took the vaccines. Of interest, Alex, 85% say, I took the vaccine and I'm fine. Nothing happened. I took the vaccine, I'm fine. And that's because they got us spoiled. Probably. 15% said, I've got a problem. I've got a new disease. I've got a new medical problem. I'm going to my doctor. And they fall into cardiovascular, neurological, hematological, immunological, and now, unfortunately, cancer. And that's the current state of affairs. 15% of Americans who have taken
0: these products... Uh, now, I think deeply regret it. Well, Greg Reese did a great report six months ago that got millions of views and went viral where he showed the various reports and some other reports and other, I think some of Kirsch's research and others showing that it looked like red states and areas were having higher death rates. But now with this, it just looks like the blue states are so sloppy and so lazy and so bad about deploying things that they were giving people old spoiled ones but the more conservative states were actually better at deploying it so that's probably why it's the more conservative areas being hit and, and having higher death rates i mean I, I, I mean that's not scientific i'm just trying to well, guess that could be why well if, if you looked at blue states that are potentially more heavily
1: vaccinated then there was actually probably a greater um free for all if you will at cvs and walgreens they left the vials out multiple people coming yeah. in so as soon as you leave a vial out and it starts to get warmer, there's multiple needle pokes through the diaphragm of the vial. Then there's introduction of oxygen, and oxidative stress, whatever. And if you go to states where it's, there's infrequent vaccination, in theory, you probably didn't take it out of the fridge that much and, you know, maybe used it once and got a good shot. So, because I don't know, because the numbers right, are there. Why were red
0: areas higher death rates from the shot? And I, I, I could never figure it out, but it just sounds like there's just, the left is just so incompetent, so sloppy, it's almost like a gift to themselves, because even though they're a higher vaccination rate, well, the numbers have changed, but, but I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But the point is, it's not randomly distributed. Uh, senator Ron Johnson, myself, Robert. Well, yeah, Brown, why, why are certain lots at certain places? That was something the that the statisticians thought was weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. It investigated. But it should be
1: investigated. Ron Johnson, who is a U.S. senator from Wisconsin, has a manufacturing background at our um, – Uh, At our crony capitalism meeting at Hillsdale, the unit in Washington, I was there, Robert Malone, Pierre Corey. Johnson said, I am a manufacturing guy. When you have a large number of complications in a restricted number of manufacturing lots, you've got a bona fide safety problem. It's not randomly distributed. This is another piece of evidence that, in fact, is causative. Because if this was randomly associated with people's backgrounds... Explain it in layman's
0: terms. So, this is premeditated.
1: Well, it, it, meaning that people have said, no matter how many complications exist, it's not due to the vaccines. Well, I, I, you know, I can tell you, it's not due to their background conditions because it wouldn't be restricted to specific lots. Anytime uh, you have a recall on a car, for instance, it's always down to certain VIN numbers of a car because it's related to how they put it together. The complications of the vaccine are related to something inherent with the vaccine. Probably, in this case,
0: uh, good manufacturing and handling gives a more deadly vaccine. Well, let me ask you this. This is just a random question there. Why would the CDC in October 2000 put out that famous report of what they predict would be adverse reactions, and it was the exact thing that happened, and it was exactly what – Dr. Eadon and others were predicting what happened. So if you have got all these top scientists predicting and on one side saying, don't do it. And then the government's putting on a report predicting what would happen, what, what, A, that shows they knew something, but B, why would they then admit it? It shows that there is
1: fragmentation of thought. You know, the CDC is a multi-billion dollar- So some
0: people care in her warning
1: and other people don't care. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, we, and you know that because there's been a lot of people have walked out of the CDC a lot of people you'd, had to get rid of a bunch of boards. You know, and, yeah. And Dr. Gruber, who headed up the FDA vaccine regulatory group, she walked out the day there was the false announcement that the vaccines were fully FDA approved. She knew they weren't. And she walked out. Bring up my screen. This is the most recent uh, Redbox report from vares So anybody goes to openvaersdata.com. Make sure you toggle over at the top and toggle over to U.S. so you don't see. The vares also, by the way, gets cases in from J- Japan and Germany, so you just want to be in U.S. I put a flag on the top where now the CDC is now verifying 14,129 Americans have died after the vaccines. 86% of the time this is reported by a doctor, a nurse, a paramedic, a coroner, who thinks the vaccine caused the death, okay, otherwise we wouldn't report it. It's obviously a higher okay. number so uh and then look at the this is the frequency the vast majority of deaths occur on day one day two or day three alex it's a very very quick death look at these hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations Eight thousand seven hundred forty-four cases of myocarditis each one of these the cdc director calls the cardiologist i've been called by the cdc director and we go over the information to conclude that it's myocarditis this is heart damage it looks like it's irreversible largely in young people There are multiple published cases of fatal myocarditis, and we see case after case of athletes dying on the field. A paper by uh, Flavio Cattagiani from Brasilia, Brazil, by the way, who was just raided in his house of his scientific papers by some type of Brazilian government operative. You can bring up Flavio Cattagiani. This hit uh, on trial site news. There's a whole expose on this. Flavio Cartagiani published a paper. He said, I figured this out. What happens is the spike protein gets into the heart. That's been shown by Bollmeyer and colleagues in uh, Germany. And then there starts to be inflammation and some scar formation. And there's the surge of adrenaline during the course of exercise that triggers the sudden cardiac death that's happening. And now we call it sudden adult death syndrome when this happens to people outside of the uh, athletic arena and it's person after person after person. Alex, let me tell you about this sudden adult death system, uh, syndrome. Syndrome. Uh, the uh, vaccine proponents are saying, "Well, it's just death with no cause." In the United States, death is always well known. It's 40% heart disease, 40, 40% known cancer, and 20% other causes. We don't have large fractions of unexplained deaths in the United States until now. And in some places, some regions of the United States, the leading cause of death is unknown. The only new factor introduced into America has been the vaccine.
0: I mean, it's so obvious. I don't need to be a doctor or a scientist to know if I shoot somebody with a gun and they fall over and bleed to death, I don't need to be a, a, a pathologist or you know somebody to say or a coroner to say the gun killed them. I know it did. And we introduced this new thing. And then we have more deaths once the vaccine comes out than we had during the so-called pandemic. I mean, and you have all the insurance company numbers coming out of just skyrocketing deaths. Staggering. Well, let's just take COVID
1: deaths. Before the vaccines, there were 250,000 COVID deaths. Now, after the vaccines, there's 750,000. So far more people have died of COVID since we've actually had the vaccine program going. Now you look at overall mortality. Every single life insurance company is reporting record claims for life insurance. Who has life insurance, Alex? It's people who are young people who are employed because they get life insurance through their employer. And so there's now the spouses of employed people who are dying in record numbers.
0: And I've even read that insurance companies may have to charge more for young people now suddenly because of this. So I want to do this in the 15 minutes we have left because I know you've got another interview coming up with uh, Eddie Bravo. You're going to shoot today. It's going to be Aaron next week on his show because I'm here asking a lot of questions and they're good questions. But I want to give you the floor to go through your slides the next 10-15 minutes and just cover all the different aspects of this and when I come back at the end you want to talk about this controversy with Dr. Desmond and and, and another leading psychiatrist psychologist uh, with whether this is intentional or not but but you've got the floor for 10 minutes without me interrupting to hit all the rest of your slides.
1: Well we're working through this uh, VAERS report which is very important again this is what the CDC verifies when I as a doctor when I make a report i enter the information i go through screen after screen i enter the patient's uh, name and phone number and email i have to get their consent to do this and when i make a VARES report it's done under the threat of imprisonment or federal fine if i'm falsifying information everything entered into this report that you see on the red box screen here is serious that's the point i want to make it's serious and the cdc vets this this is legit now this is thought to be grossly underreported, grossly underreported, because when someone dies or is hospitalized, unless somebody gets the vaccine card and really gets a healthcare provider to make the entries into VAERS and go through all this, it takes a lot of time, it doesn't get reported. So large numbers of deaths after vaccines, heart attacks, myocarditis, hospitalizations are thought to be not reported to VAERS. In prior studies from Harvard, with other vaccines, the underreporting factor was roughly 100 to 1, meaning it could be 100 times worse than this. So what I'm telling you is this could be 140,000 deaths, that would be 10-fold underreported, or it could be 1.4 million deaths if it was 100-fold underreported. And the leading thought is it's somewhere between 5 and 20 times underreported on death. The majority of the, the deaths are probably related to cardiovascular disease, not only myocarditis, but also triggering heart attacks because we know of the massive inflammation that occurs in the body with the spike protein. It can trigger a heart attack and stri- trigger a, a stroke. Nick Pantazatos, who's in the news today from Colombia, because he's pushing Colombia very hard to drop all their vaccine mandates, using US census data and uh, vaccine administration data through December of 2021. So this is now nine months old, but through December of 2021 estimates, it could have been as high as 187,000 Americans have died directly after taking one of these COVID-19 vaccines. The deaths occur very quickly after receiving the vaccine. I was traveling across Florida with Dr. Ryan Cole, and uh, we uh, were tired. We stopped and get a cup of coffee. Uh, Some ladies met us, they wanted to take pictures. And one of them said, Dr. McCullough, I have to tell you my story. Uh, About a year ago, I took my father out of uh, assisted living to get a vaccine. She took her father out of assisted living to to a vaccine center to get a vaccine. She said, my father died in the passenger seat next to me driving on the way back to assisted living. That's how these deaths occur on day zero. Look at the skyrocketing on day zero and day one. That's how these deaths occur. They're relatively sudden. We know that the spike protein is produced in the bloodstream within an hour, and it's highly toxic, and those who probably have far too much spike protein generated, the human body can't uh, tolerate it. Uh, some other data that I want to review just very quickly uh, with the team that's uh, that's very important, and I've already mentioned it. This paper uh, came from Germany, and this is direct biopsy information in patients who had received um, the uh, vaccines. This is Comirnaty or the Pfizer vaccine. And the title of the paper is Intramyocardial Inflammation After COVID-19 Vaccination, an Endomyocardial Biopsy Proven Case Series. And this is one of the first papers that directly finds the Wuhan spike protein in the heart muscle so they figured out a way to stain for this and the spike protein which i've been saying now for uh well over a year the spike protein gets into tissues it gets into the brain it gets into the adrenal glands and vital organs we inferred this because the lipid nanoparticles travel to those organs now bowmeyer has nailed it down in this uh paper published in the journal the intellectual the international journal of molecular sciences one of the reasons why these papers are not hitting new england journal of medicine lancet for uh, the British Medical Journal is because of the tremendous editorial bias of not allowing anything that looks like the vaccines are harmful. So they end up going to uh, MDPI or lower level uh, journals. But this is uh, very important. Uh, I do want to make the case that um, this paper from uh, Jenna Schauer, who's done multiple papers on myocarditis, has hit uh, in the Journal of Pediatrics. And she's showing now, this is a 16-year-old Uh, She's showing significant late gadolinium enhancement, meaning active inflammation and scar formation in the heart of this 16-year-old boy four months later. And the size of the damage uh, was originally 26% of the left ventricle. It's reduced to 19.84. And you can see the arrows point to this really large white segment of the heart muscle shown in short axis like a circle. I can tell you as a cardiologist, a threshold threshold, Of concern for sudden death for which we put in ICDs is 15% late gadolinium enhancement. So I think this is very concerning that and, and we're putting together the pieces here that the vaccines are causing significant heart inflammation and it's the heart inflammation that is the substrate for sudden death of all these deaths that we're seeing in young people. The two Ways that someone could die after taking a vaccine that would be sudden, precipitous, and wouldn't be anticipated would be myocarditis and sudden death or a blood clot. That is venous thromboembolism, a blood clot that shoots to the lungs and basically the heart and lungs can't pump blood through and someone dies. The blood clots and the large ones, some of them are detected because of leg swelling and we can start blood thinners and save the patient from dying of a pulmonary embolism. Sometimes patients present and we give them blood thinners and we can save them. These myocarditis deaths, though, many of them happen when the person is not around loved ones. They're not in a, in a space where they would even be able to get CPR. And, uh, in fact, they succumb uh, to what we believe is a vaccine-induced uh, 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 myocarditis death. That's the best explanation for these skyrocketing life insurance roles that we're seeing claims for life insurance, as well as uh, one public figure after another going down. Uh, In the last week, one of the front office, uh, former athletes for the Miami Dolphins, again, dies, no explanation, is happening now week after week after week. The vaccines sadly have failed at doing what they should do. And uh, Alex and I mentioned this inverse relationship between taking a vaccine and actually uh, uh, you know fundamentally uh, being protected against covid nineteen here are the data I want to make this very clear. This is from the Scottish uh, weekly uh, statistics uh, it 's very clear and this was you know this was back on January twelfth of two thousand and twenty two Look at this the vast majority of cases, hospitalizations and deaths are among the fully vaccinated, and they only had about seventy two percent of the population vaccinated and far fewer among the unvaccinated. That was in January of 2022. It's never been a crisis of the unvaccinated, never. In any country that's fairly reporting the data, there are far more fully vaccinated individuals who end up getting COVID-19 or dying of COVID-19 than than, uh, those who are unvaccinated. The unvaccinated, many of them have had natural immunity and they've survived. Many people uh, like myself, I'm not vaccinated. I'm fit and strong. I'm gonna have a much better survival trajectory than someone who's older and frail, potentially take the vaccine. So some of this is confounding, but there's no signal that the vaccines reduce hospitalization and death. And Alex, we've covered the latest boosters. They were released before any human testing is complete. This is the first time in medical history that a product was developed And not tested in a single human being. And the government's going to roll this out and now say, a needle in every arm.
0: And and Dr. McCullough, that brings me to what we first talked about before we started this interview today that you wanted to get to. It was actually in my stack. You said, I'd like to talk about uh, Professor Matthias Desmond and, and some of the controversies out there of, is this mass formation on purpose? Is it a PSYOP or is it by accident? Well, I can pull up the Pentagon, the British Ministry of Defense, the, the, the German, the EU, they all said, we use psychological warfare to have the lockdown and to get folks to take these shots. And we even had two years ago when they started the shots in the UK, their own government advisory board come out and saying, let's yellow card this, it's not working, it's not good. Let's not give it to young people or old people. So we've got all of this and, and, and just the overwhelming evidence that it is premeditated. But let me ask this question first. I want to get into this with you. How has it gone for big pharma And their goal, because I saw a meeting on C-SPAN 2018 that didn't get attention until the last few years. I didn't see it when it first came out, when it was live. And it was Fauci and a bunch of other government regulators together saying we need to blow up the old system. We need to get rid of five, 10-year approval. Maybe a virus, something like bird flew out of China, will let us do it. They were up there really bragging. Then you see Fauci right when Trump gets in 2017 uh, in the spring saying Trump will be challenged by a novel new pandemic. And, and and so you look at this, I mean, for me, you'd have to be crazy to not say it's premeditated. You showed them preparing it at Chapel Hill, you showed them making it, you showed it all happening. There's no debate that it, it, it came out of a lab. The question is really, where did it get made in my view? So big picture, just in layman's terms, you know, talk to us like we're five years old because I mean, we understand, we grasp what you're saying, but just as a citizen, as a patriot, what I- what do you think they did this for? What is the goal, and how is it going for this unprecedented medical tyranny rollout? You know, we should take public
1: utterances seriously. In our book, uh, Courage to Face COVID nineteen, John Leake goes uh, into this. When Bill Gates, who's part of the biopharmaceutical complex, there's no doubt. Gates.
0: Foundation. I should have added. That's what your book world. gets into is, is the yes. whole background.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the, say the name of the book again, the courage, to face, courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalizations and deaths while battling the biopharmaceutical complex. People say, well, what's the biopharmaceutical complex? I said, well, let's go to the top. It's the world economic forum. The Gates Foundation, WHO, the Welcome Trust, the uh, Rockefeller Foundation, Gavi, CEPI, Center for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation, EcoHealth Alliance, which is the go-between between the NIH and the Wuhan lab, the Chinese Communist Party, the U.S., CDC, NIH, and FDA. That's the complex. That's the complex. This is very important. Now, the suppliers are big pharma. Suppliers are they're supplying the products that the complex wants. But the complex is making the calls. And they have figured out Alex, they figured out that through declared medical emergencies worldwide and then local with no accounting oversight, with no voting, with no reconciliation. Just the U.N. announces emergency and they're God. And, and they, well, listen, this is important. They drain treasuries worldwide dry. They drain treasuries dry. And have no government
0: oversight. sign agreements giving them secret immunity. Exactly. And, and this is a new
1: way to establish authority. So when Klaus Schwab, who's head of the World Economic Forum, when he publishes a book within three months of the crisis evolving, and the title of the book is COVID-19 and the Global Reset, he says in the book, we will use this as an opportunity to reset a new world order.
0: And there's your motive right there, a worldwide corporate technocracy over the UN, World Economic Forum given governmental power by the UN, bypassing our governments, directing big tech to censor, and that leads us now to the beginning of this controversy we're gonna talk about. You are suing Twitter, and you are now witnessing in live time what the FBI admitted to Mark Zuckerberg, what Mark Zuckerberg admitted a week and a half ago to Joe Rogan that became the top story in the country, thank God. People thought Joe softballed him, but he got Zuckerberg to admit, the FBI came to us and said, "This is fake. Don't put out the Hunter Biden laptop," even though they knew it was real. So that shows not just big tech censoring. Okay, private company. No, in coordination with the deep state. And now you and other top scientists, you're you're the most. I mean, I, 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 you and Malone. Nobody's in competition, but you guys are kind of the twin, you know, pole stars there. Uh, where 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 you you guys been the tip of the spear, and they are actively attacking you institutionally suing you, silencing you. I mean, that just adds to the fact that they didn't just block treatments and they didn't just block, uh, you know, all these other therapeutics. They didn't just block people trying to tell the truth back then who've been vindicated, but now they're actively trying to block you today.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Twitter's got a lot of legal activity on their hands. America First Legal already has, through FOIA, they have the evidence that the CDC and multiple governmental agencies are meeting with Twitter and Facebook and other social media, and they are crafting the false agenda, the false narrative, and they're, they're basically engineering a way to do this. Now, remember, this was an event 201. This has been depicted in Plandemic 1 Pandemic 2. To, lockstep. To, lockstep. To use social media, to use social media to create a false narrative and mislead the world through through social media now a method of doing that is w- any dissenting voices that could give listeners a- an alternative point of view must be crushed and silenced now that would include a doctor like me who's trying to invent new treatments for covid-19 in combinations of drug therapy trying to fairly evaluate safety and efficacy just crush me and to crush people in my circles through uh, discontinuing our accounts, banning.
0: You know, there can be millions of people on my Twitter feed every day, but they're constantly being unfollowed to try to keep... This is organized corporations and government, internationally and nationally and locally, trying to suppress whistleblowers, trying to suppress treatments, trying to suppress science. Well, listen to this. Uh, In my Twitter lawsuit, where Malone is also a
1: a plaintiff, Twitter has just responded. You can't believe what motion they filed. Twitter filed a motion, it's called a SLAP motion, a strategic lawsuit against public participation. Twitter is basically saying that they have the right to participate in this public health conversation and through manipulating our accounts, that Twitter can actually make its points. This is astonishing. They're
0: calling it free speech to censor you. And and um, and, um, incredible.
1: Well, they're saying that their right to actually articulate... A They're saying
0: censoring is their speech.
1: Yes, I mean, this is, is this is astonishing. This is 1984 uh, on steroids. Know, in California, Bill AB 2098, Alex, just passed everything. It's up for Newsom to sign. That bill says it will be illegal for a doctor to engage in a conversation on
0: COVID-19. Because in fact, when you, you tried to get here yesterday, but storms blocked your flight. You still came in. We appreciate you. That was one of the central things you sent me you wanted to cover. So let's hit that some of this bill in California. The bill in California for the first time says
1: that there will be a central authority that will decide truth. Oh, and in a sense, a ministry of truth, a ministry wow. of information. And any doctor who says something that is in, not in line with this message of information or truth that doctor is subject to uh, license losing their license uh, fines uh, you know on and on and on, and it 's just around covid but this is going to come down to basically work to completely muzzle doctors uh, if we are in
0: California right now under this new law, you and i couldn't have this interchange we couldn't fairly review the data so this this is literally a ministry of truth that could punish doctors and others if they don't follow the orthodoxy and are heretics. That's right, and the doctors don't even know it. It's an inquisition. It's
1: an inquisition. I, I just can't believe that in a liberal democracy in America that we would get, and of course, California, is leading the way.
0: But The good news is you've been vindicated. We wish we weren't vindicated. We wish we were wrong. But speak to that briefly, because well, it's important. Let's,
1: let's mention vindication. This was fun. I think a lot of people saw Joe Rogan's podcast with aaron rogers and aaron that powerful aaron basically pointed out the degree of vaccine discrimination that he faced which was extraordinary his choice not to take a vaccine you know aaron had a polyethylene glycol allergy he disclosed this you know i showed you the various
0: report there's thirty. 30- it's like hey i'm allergic to codeine i can't take it uh, one of my children's allergic to penicillin. You tell somebody you're allergic, they go, sorry, you're going to take it. Well, you know, when Aaron, through his uh, intelligence and his perceptiveness, he
1: saved his own life. There's been thousands of people who have died who have had these allergies. So Aaron's not going to take it. And then he gets into this vaccine discrimination. And the comment that comes around when, when he mentions that fundamentally, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan received the McCullough Protocol. They received the sequenced drugs. They got through COVID-19. Uh, Aaron's actually mentioned it on his podcast by name. So Aaron said, you know, Joe, you got in trouble a few months ago by bringing on some controversial doctors. And then Rogan smiled. He goes, they're not too controversial now. Meaning we've been total vindication.
0: And one thing I agree, I disagree with Joe on, and I love Joe. He's, he's a lot of courage. He's done great work He's helping us win this. He, you know, he's a star player here in the fight for truth. But he said the best we can hope for is that they don't do this again. no. They don't do it again by bringing them to justice. So what should be done to Fauci and what should be done to all these people? I mean, I'm not a vindictive person, but these people are going to come back again. They need to be dealt with, just like Governor DeSantis said. we got to have a reckoning
1: coming. <laughs> I mean, well, midterm elections are going to be key. If Republicans come into power, uh, you know, I went on with Steve Bannon. Steve's the one who said it. He said, we need full and complete investigation. We probably need special committees. We need prosecutorial power. There clearly have been crimes committed by government officials, and they need to be brought to justice. Americans have lost their lives and been unnecessarily hospitalized. I think it's all going to come
0: out, and it's going to be the next few years are going to be tumultuous years. That was my next question before we hit this final point. How do they extricate themselves? I mean, this obviously, it didn't go like they wanted. What, they thought they would just do this? We wouldn't notice? Or they just erase our immune systems and have us permanent customers for mRNA gene therapy? Or you know, it's it's it
1: really can't be explained. What what were they thinking? And 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 it's the, the positioning what's going on now is fascinating. You mentioned Deborah Burke, She came out. She goes, we knew these vaccines weren't going to work. We knew that we know. We know now the majority of people sick with covid have been fully vaccinated. What is she trying to do? Is she, is she trying to position herself to say,
0: listen, you, you know, I, I, I'm not so culpable. Uh, what about far- and they're all doing it. That that former head of Planned Parenthood, that CNN reporter is like, I'm against this. It was all wrong. The lockdowns were wrong. They're they're all cha- They're all flipping. Right. Yeah. So there's a CNN commentator who has
1: just had these the most harsh comments about people wearing masks and what have you. Now she comes out and says, oh, you know, my ch- my child was harmed by wearing a mask. So I think so many people are try they they realize they are deeply on the wrong side of this Alex and they are trying to do anything they can to position
0: exactly them. they're followers they went with the establishment now that it's not working they're flipping and I see that as the clearest sign we're winning. There's a lot of carnage, a lot of damage, but I I, I mean I th- I think that the tide's turned or is yeah. it turning or
1: I agree. I, I think there's been big cracks in this wall of of totalitarianism that is this type of thinking that has come over the United States that your guest yesterday, Matthias Desmond, laid out so clearly. As people come out of what's called the formation, they start to get some reckoning in what's going on, and they realize, oh, my Lord, I am they realize that they themselves have tremendous culpability. You're going to start to see the positioning. I think it's going to go actually through not only government officials, it's going to go through media, through academia, through the corporate uh, big
0: tech world. I agree and, and it's not just this mass formation that was obviously programmed and prepared, and the Pentagon admits it that's not debatable, but all these other lies once somebody gets they were lied to big time, generally, if they finally get out of it, either they do Stockholm syndrome and get deep into it and just or, or you know in a Jim Jones cult or Hitler cult and do whatever they're told, or they finally once you snap out of it, then you see all the rest of it i i I think they jump the shark here I think they do, but you know the thing i'm fascinated with
1: is the lack of outrage when a loved one dies with the vaccine. You know, there still is a lack of family outrage. People are in this mass formation. Many are concerned that, that there's other motivating factors where they don't come out and express their outrage. Here in Texas, we, ha- we have Ernesto Ramirez.
0: Uh, he, 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 Super healthy, amazing son, dead yeah. four days after the shot.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the father is a single father. He's a truck driver. He's doing the best he can. He's not sure about the
0: vaccines.
1: He takes it himself, the father, to make sure it's safe. And he says, well, it did nothing happen to me. His son takes it and is... I, dies
0: playing basketball again, that thing exactly. we you exercising. He
1: dies He dies a like few days afterwards. I reviewed the autopsy report, Alex. I'm telling you, he died of myocarditis. And of interest, he, Mr. Ramirez will tell you the story. He was approached and there was an attempt to be bought off oh, yeah. for his silence. So maybe this is going on. I don't want to speculate but it's the lack
0: of outrage. Now, obviously this father's outraged. He's taking well, I mean, I, well, We have two people in this office, let me say their names. One had a 30 something year old brother die in perfect health, exercise, everything, n- no heart problems. And another was a 51 year old stepmother. This, they had for 20 year stepmother. She was in good health, played tennis, everything. She took the second Moderna shot, took the first one four months ago, the next one a month later, kidney failure within one month, heart attack, stroke, and then was in therapy and died. And, and, they, and, and they're not even denying, they know, they just don't know, they're, it's like so embarrassing, like, well, why didn't someone warn us? Well, you tried to warn them, they suppressed you. So now big tech and everybody that suppressed Dr. McCullough and everybody else, Dr. Malone, you've now signed on to this, congratulations. And I don't wanna be some victor here, but we're vindicated, we went through hell to tell the truth, and now you people that bullied us and censored us, you know who you are, you're now part of mass murder. You're now a baby Hitler. How's it feel? You know, I can tell you there's a large fraction of Americans, just like with these
1: vignettes. They know somebody who's either lost their life or been seriously injured or, in fact, disabled from the vaccines. And a recent survey from Michigan State, the first author is uh, Skidmore, I believe, shows I think it's 22 percent of America now in their circle. They see this happening you know we we don't need to have this in the media we don't need to have this in the press they see it happening now uh the rates of vaccination i do want to share this with you uh where we are with the rates of vaccination this is uh, astonishing we have now uh the lowest rates of vaccination we've ever had in our country there is uh, no enthusiasm let bring so, up so that opinion. means they've Look at this. this is the shots being uh this is uh, brought right up until a few days ago look at this had that big push in 2020 everyone was scared safe and effective safe and effective then we got through 2021 that secondary wave those were the mandates people say listen i don't want to take these but i got to take it for my job now look at this you're down to we're down to no interest in these i predict since the companies have made these bivalent vaccines, the United States, by the way, has bought enough boosters for nearly the entire country. We have drained our treasury dry on these boosters that's never been. And Trudeau's done. bought them out for five years. Yeah, and Australia for seven years. The, the, the point is, what are they going to do? They've bought all this product, it's going to be shipped to the pharmacies. Look at the data here. Nobody wants these. We are going to have the biggest tension of are people going to be clobbered with mandates and pressure and coercion to take these untested products? Or is America going to have
0: the wherewithal and the strength to say no more? Well, it's obvious they've got new viruses cooked up. They're not going to stop. They already tried monkey pox. Already Sorry, tried more fear. It's not working. In closing, because you, you've you got to get on a plane soon, and Eddie Bravo's here to interview you for his show. And I really appreciate you flying into Austin for this. Eddie's got a huge show. He's going to do Joe Rogan right after this. You need to get back on Joe, obviously. My God. Uh, so incredible. Total vindication. Now's the time. Hell, we ought to just throw you. You ought to just cancel your flight into the car with Eddie and just <laughs> just show up over there at the Fight Companion. But, 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 I'm here. But, but seriously, let's finish up with the psychology of totalitarianism and Professor Desmond and your. A fellow you co-authored a book is another great psychologist, psychiatrist, and their debate. And I agree, Desmond isn't trying to say it's staged because he's just trying to get you aware of the mass psychosis, the mass formation. But obviously, we just show documents. This is staged. Let's talk about this controversy.
1: Right. It's not a controversy. I don't think there's disagreement. Well, they've made it a controversy. Yeah, And others have. Uh, Peter Bragan in his timeline, in his book, COVID-19 and the Global Prayers, We Are the Prey. He lays it out, Alex. There's 1,100 references. This was planned. This is a psy op. You have all the 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 supporting data on this. It's planned. And what Desmond is saying is that there is a real biological group psychology phenomenon that does happen, and they use the psy ops and let let the biology, the psychobiology, actually happen. That Desmond says. Happened. So they're cohesive. Bregan and John Leak, my co-author says it's planned. This was a- intentional. There's a biopharmaceutical complex. This has been operationalized and weaponized.
0: And what Desmond is saying is, it really does happen. People actually do go in it. Sure, he's showing the phenomenon, but then your book and the other books and the other psychiatrists, they show how it was premeditated. Exactly. What Desmond is saying, the very important thing that Desmond is saying is that it's real.
1: People can get into this trance. They truly are in a trance. When you see people walking around with masks, you know, I just flew into the airport today. There may be a 5% of people wearing masks. They really are in this psychological trance. A mask is a very good proxy for who actually is in the mass formation.
0: Wow, I'm just wondering what they pull next. Well, I wanna thank you for being here with us. One more time, as I read your book, it's amazing. I should have pointed out, you wrote a book, one of the top true crime writers out there who then wrote a nonfiction book, Reverse Engineering, how this was premeditated. Such a critical book, give people the title again.
1: Courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalizations and deaths while battling the biopharmaceutical complex. Most days it's number one in viral diseases, communicable diseases and true crime. Alex, after a book review recently, we were ranked number fifty-six out of two
0: million books on Amazon. That's right. And, and to expand on that, you're not just saying they're scrubbing the internet at at, at new levels and blocking things, now blocking URLs. Books are the key to have a historical record of what these criminals did to stop them in the future. That's why The Great Reset and The War for the World uh, has gone to number six in the world. It's like number 40 something right now. We wanna send it to number one. The book is now shipping, amazon.com. We get a lot less money at amazon.com, but I don't care. I just wanted to go to number one, go to amazon.com with The Great Reset and The War for the World, which explains the overarching control arm. And people said, how'd you write this book? Steve Bannon says one of the best books he's ever read. And I'm not, he, he, everybody else says, they go, how is it so good? was a piece of cake. We had to cut it from 800 pages down to 300. It's it's the quotes. It's it's a confession. This is not hard. I mean, quite frankly, I, I mean, this was easy to write, but they're calling it the ultimate book on the Great Reset because really it's their confession. Get the Great Reset in the War of the World, Infowarsstore.com or Amazon.com. And finally, this is a fundraiser. It's coming in in a week. It's actually already here. But we're going to start the sale in a week. And I had, I had, a, I had this coin in my car. days ago when you were coming to town and i wanted to give it to you then your flight got delayed and i brought it back out of the car but i got it back in here during a break and this is the theodore roosevelt citizen and republic speech everybody should read and on the back it says the man in the arena one ounce silver coin and it's got the gladiator on the back there with a sword and it's got teddy roosevelt who busted up the trust and to the globalists and did so much more this, this is a coin about resistance in the man in the arena. And I can't think of anybody more in the arena than Dr. Peter McCullough on top of it vindicated because, because thank you, sir. Thank you, I'm honored. Thank you, sir. Because Roosevelt talks about, hey, a lot of times you lose being a man in the arena or or a generation later you're recognized like Vin, like Van Gogh or somebody. What What's so beautiful is, I just wanna stop these tyrants, but I get to get recognized now and he gets to get recognized now. And it's not about, oh, we're recognized, it's about celebrating, we're right, we took on the enemy, we're starting to win, we believe in you, you believe in us, let's celebrate the truth, and let's celebrate our victories, and let's stand together. In closing, PeterMcCulloughMD.com, is that the best website? That's the best website. And you do a weekly podcast? America Out Loud talk radio. And it's hard not to see you, you're everywhere, and we love you, and and again, it feels kind of sick, though, to be like, we're right, look, it's all true, just like we said, that's good to stop the next thing, but it's kind of a sick feeling in a way. Like It's like we were right, and now we're proven right. I almost wanted to be proven wrong. Well, I can tell you what, we are shaping the course of history. No better example
1: than monkeypox. I got on TV, you and I, others, we got ahead of this monkeypox national emergency. By the way, we're under a national emergency monkeypox. America
0: didn't buy it. A U.N. emergency, yeah. Yeah, yeah the America did not buy it. They did not. So the good news is, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We're not getting fooled now. God bless you, brother. All right. Incredible job. This guy flew here just for us. Congratulations, Dr. McCullough. Thank you. Man in the arena right there, baby. Thank you. All right. Eddie Bravo's coming in. God bless you all. Now spread this live feed and share this archive at man.video. We've done our job. Now the rest is up to you, and I know you'll deliver.